0: So, you know, I'm with you in that modern morality can be just a little bit confusing. There is a story that a doctor laced his ex-girlfriend's tea with abortion pills and got three years in prison. And the story is that a D.C. area doctor was sentenced to three years in prison for slipping an abortion pill into his pregnant ex-girlfriend's drink, causing her to miscarry. The man's name is Sikanda Imran, former doctor at MedStar Georgetown University Hospital, was sentenced Friday after his Former girlfriend, Brooke Fisk, asked the judge for a more lenient punishment. So this guy, Imran, was charged last June with premeditated killing of a fetus of another and illegally causing abortion or miscarriage. Hmm. Of another. Well, we'll get to that in a second. Online records show he was also charged in November with assault and altering food, drink, and drugs. He pleaded guilty earlier this year to fetal homicide. The Associated Press reported. Hmm. Fetal homicide, the killing of an unborn baby, but only if you do it to someone else. If you do it to yourself, if you're the woman, well, not that it is yourself, this is the whole thing. It's like my body, my choice, but the fetus technically is not exactly part of your body because it's not like your liver, which is going to, you know, slip out through your navel and uh, graduate from college and go off and have a life and make its own liver and uh, sip my ties on a beach somewhere and then retire to uh, a liver farm and start the whole press, uh, process all over again. Uh, it's not your body. It is, of course, separate from you. And that is the whole purpose is it's designed to be separate from you. I mean, if it's your only, if it's your own body and therefore you can kill it or it's part of your own body and therefore you can kill it, then surely one Siamese twin, like twins that are co-joint, co-joint twins one can kill the other because it's part of his body, right? <laughs> but of course, we would assume that that would be that would be murder. So Imran and Fisk both lived in New York and had dated off and on for three years. And this, of course, is the whole question of sexual morality these days. Where does it stand? What's going on? And we're going through a process, I think, in the West of the great relearning of the great. Re- Why were all these rules painfully and painstakingly developed over hundreds? Uh, if not thousands of years, these rules like, let's not have a lot of promiscuous sex. Uh, let's try and get people married before they start making the beast with two backs uh, because uh, what, I mean, what they've been birth control around forever. They used to use sheep's bladders, I think, which uh, I'm sure is a kink somewhere out there on the internet. But there was this idea, why was there monogamy? Why was there sexual restraint and so on? Well, because these kinds of messes can occur. So they dated on and off for three years, and of course, I guess, had a sexual relationship. Around the time that Imran left Rochester, New York, moved to the D.C. area for a new job, Fisk found out she was pregnant. Now, see, there's that missing link of absent female agency. There are, I think, about 18 forms of birth control, not including looking at Danny DeVito in your mind's eye in a thong. There are about 18 different forms of birth control available for women. I think there's really only... I guess, vasectomies and condoms for men and so on, but she just found out she was pregnant. You know, like the original Mary, just, just found out. Wasn't having unprotected sex, we don't know. Just found out that she was pregnant. Now, this was not a good relationship. On again and off again relationships is just, it's like a uh, an addict's relationship to his or her drug of choice. A heroin addict has an on again, off again relationship. With heroin smokers have an on again, off again relationship. Well, you get the idea, uh, it just means it's 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 weird, it's horrible, but because of usually prior past childhood trauma, they can't detach from each other. So, yeah, on and on, on and off again, relationships are just just terrible as a whole and uh deserve to be put out of their misery as soon as humanly possible. But what happens, of course, when there is a pregnancy? Well, now there's a huge issue in that. If the woman wants to have the baby, then there is going to be somebody who's going to have to step up and pay for it. And often it's not the woman herself because she's going to take time off. She's going to breastfeed. She's going to interrupt her career. And then she needs childcare if she's not going to raise the baby herself, but wants to throw it to the wolves of the underpaid people who work in childcare facilities and um, don't pay much attention to the child and release the child into the feral Lord of the Flies horizontal cannibalism of uh, excellent social (laughs) environments of people who are generally dumped in daycare. And so what's going to happen, someone's going to have to pay for this kid. And the question is, of course, if the man who is the, let's go out on a limb here and assume, because again, on again, off again, who knows who the father is, but let's just say it's this Imran guy. So if the guy doesn't want the baby then his agency, his choice is completely stripped from him. Like we know how this works in the West. If the woman decides to have the baby against all of the wishes of the man, then she can, of course, take him to court and she can throw him in baby jail for close to two decades or more, I guess, if the kid goes to college. And he now has to pay hundreds of thousands of dollars. Uh, it cripples his sexual market value, means that he can't get married, can't be a father, usually off his own uh, under his own steam, unless he's fabulously wealthy. So what happens? He's thrown in baby jail. She gets someone to pay for her kid. He then ends up lashed to her at the expense of his own future family uh, for the next couple of decades, um, to the point where he's probably never going to have his own family. And, you know, he throws throws a huge amount of money at at lawyers, legal bills and so on. It's just a giant, horrible, destructive mess. Now, if the woman decides that she wants to have the abortion, then she can just go ahead and have the abortion and the man can't say diddly squat about it. He cannot stop her from having the abortion. And so she can unilaterally decide to kill the fetus, his child in her womb. And she can also unilaterally choose to have the baby and force him to pay for that baby for the rest of that childhood and early adulthood and so on. So, and and this is, (laughs) I hate to laugh, because it's a horrible, horrible situation, but this is what they laughingly call a patriarchy I mean, you could make some arguments about it in the past, but ever since women got the vote, can <laughs> ain't no patriarchy out here, my boys. And so he didn't want to have the baby. He tried to persuade Fisk to have an abortion, she told this television station. So he has no right to opt out. He has no right to sign a document saying, I don't want to be a father. I give up all my rights. I give up all my access. I give up everything. And um, I'm not on the hook for any child support because I really, really don't want to have uh, the condom broke or whatever. She told me she was on the pill. Because the other thing too is that, you know, women, oops, forgot to take the pill. Oops, you know, IUD slipped or whatever's going on. Oops, the diaphragm uh, blew a manhole cover, I guess, so to speak. And um, they can just get pregnant. And now the man is on the hook for two decades worth of hundreds of thousands of dollars of payments and uh, his life is largely uh, destroyed. So, yeah, it's what they call a patriarchy, my friends. So he can't opt out. She can force him to pay for it forever. And the question is, of course, it's so unjust, right? So the woman can unilaterally end the pregnancy. The man can't opt out of being a father, even if it was an accident, even if uh, she lied to him, because, you know, who can prove that? Oh, yes, no, I'm on the pill. Oops, I forgot one or whatever, right? Who knows? We can't trust any of this stuff, this is why monogamy is so important. This is why monogamy is so important. This is why marriage is so important. So, um, of course the question is why would such an obviously just law as allowing a man to opt out of being the financially responsible father of a child he doesn't want and didn't plan for and may not have actually agreed to have, right? Right. She may have gone off her birth control, and not told him. I mean, Not this woman in particular, I have no idea, right? But some woman can just go off birth control and not tell you. She can put a hole in your condom. She can fish your condom out of the waste paper basket and she can sploot herself up to uh, close to a quarter century of uh, fairly comfortable living. And um, what can you do about it, right? There's no witnesses. There's nothing. And even, you know, anyway, we've seen all of these stories where a man has been forced to pay for child support. Uh, even for a child who's not his. Uh, a a, a teenager has been forced to pay for child support after he was raped by a woman. I mean, because babies are insatiable resource monsters, right? They are black holes of time, energy, money, and <laughs> sleep, and someone's got to pay. So it's such an obviously just thing to say the man can opt out and then is, signs away his parental rights, doesn't want the baby, and can walk away scot free just as the woman can. If she doesn't want the baby, she's going to have the abortion. Off she goes. But of course, the reason why that law will never be passed is because that's not what women want. Women don't want those kinds of consequences as a whole. And governments don't want women to have those kinds of consequences because you see if women have consequences for sexual activity outside of wedlock, outside of a staunch commitment from the man, well then women will tend to get married, they'll tend to have kids younger, and then governments don't get taxes from women, women working, what they have to do instead is put out a lot of resources for, well, children, uh, schools and healthcare and playgrounds and (laughs) things like that. So so if the man doesn't pay, if the woman decides to have the child and the man doesn't pay, well, who has to pay? The government. The government has to pay through the welfare state. The taxpayers have to pay as a whole through the welfare state and... You know, the government is an amoral agency of power lust, and therefore it doesn't have any abstract principles to guide its actions as a whole. It doesn't say, well, it would be fair, since the woman can unilaterally terminate the pregnancy and can completely avoid responsibility for being a mother, it is only fair for the father to have the same option if he doesn't want to be the father. But you're not going to have that, because the government calculates according to, well, Women will be upset and will have to pay more in welfare costs. And that would be vaguely fair to men who are disposable in every society known to man. So, yeah, you're not going to get that law. And this is why you have to be, be super, uh, super careful. So, yeah, he tried to persuade his girlfriend to have an abortion. And uh, I suppose, I suppose she didn't uh, want to. So May 2017, the woman who lives in Farmington, New York, said she went to Arlington to talk to Imran about raising their child. I wonder if this is cross, a really big cross-cultural or maybe even cross-racial relationship, which again makes things really, really complicated if you've got religious and cultural values and differences and all that kind of stuff. So she went to Arlington to talk to Imran about raising their child. I'm pregnant. You can't stop me from being pregnant. I'm going to take you to court. You're going to pay for this for the next 20 years. I'm going to, I don't know how the conversation went, of course, but it could be something like that. Unbeknown to her, Imran slipped a pill into her drink, she said. When I was drinking my tea in the evening, I got to the bottom of the cup and there was a gritty substance in there. And when I looked at it, I can tell that it was a pill that had been ground up. She began having contractions a few hours later and was rushed to hospital. She miscarried. She was 17 weeks pregnant. Fisk said Imran gave her 800 milligrams of the pill, misoprostol, mysoprostol, which is used to start labor, cause miscarriage and prevent stomach ulcers. And uh, 200 milligrams apparently is enough to induce labor, he got. So he, he really wasn't taking that many chances. I mean, this might as well blown a bazooka through her navel. The incident, she said, left her feeling betrayed and devastated. Imran cried that night and admitted what he had done, she said. During Imran's sentencing hearing Friday, his attorney argued that he's dealing with mental health issues. The Washington Post was unable to reach Fisk, but this station reported that she didn't want her ex-boyfriend to serve a long prison sentence. Look at this. Do you know that there's something called fetal homicide? Fetal homicide, a class two felony, punishable by up to 40 years in prison. Wow, that's a lot. That is a lot. That's like... 80 rapists in Sweden. A judge sentenced him to 20 years with 17 years suspended. So he's going to serve three, probably get out sooner. And uh, that is really astounding. Fetal homicide, you see, is a class two felony up to 40 years in prison for killing a fetus in the womb. Now, I mean, sort of just to sort of preempt the logic question. So, you know, if if I'm crazy and I stab myself, I don't go to jail for assault. I may go to an asylum or something. If I stab someone else or someone else stabs me, then that's assault and so on. So doing it to someone else is different from doing it to yourself. I understand that. But again, there is this question of the fetus is not part of your body. It is not part of your body because there's no part of your body that's going to grow up and detach and if you are part of someone's body then you are still part of your own mother's body even when you're 40 like this is just not right this is not the way that things uh, work so it's just fascinating to me and this is why modern egalitarian democratic will of the people government trying to save money, giving as many rights to women as humanly possible because we have a white knight culture in the West. Um, And because we don't force women to get married, we don't arrange marriages. We have to win the hearts and minds of women voluntarily, which means we have to defer to them. We have to please them. And that's fine in a private section or a private session or in the private area of society. But when you co-join men's natural deference in the West to uh, women, to, to please them, to, to dispose of, of males energy and time and resources for the sake of women's preferences and pleasure, you combine that power with the power of state, of the state and with the power of women to vote, which they vote more than men, they vote more often than men, and they certainly vote for longer than men because they generally live a lot longer in this massive, wonderful patriarchy that men have designed for themselves. And so you combine our natural deference to women with women's control of the power of the state. Well, I think we all see where that's heading, but this just leads to these kinds of confusions where for the woman to kill the baby is her perfect right and it's her body and it's her choice, but the man's wallet is not his choice. And if the man deigns to do what is perfectly legal for the woman to do, where he's just a murderer and it's 40 years in jail.